Today we drink the torpedoes and go full steam ahead in another brewery spotlight. It's time to look at the Sierra Nevada brewery and all it has to offer. We'll talk about this California brewery, plus the usual news and stuff. So come in and have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Oh, so, it's been a week. How's everybody doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, doing doing okay. Yeah, just preparing. All the, all the preparation for Nerdtacular. Because uh, yeah. as of recording, Nerdtacular is four days away. Gosh, yeah. Something like yep. that. I don't know. It's just the light at the end of my long, nonstop work schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm... I'm, I'm I've been counting down in the form of work days left. So it's actually only three work days left. So that's what I'm looking at. <laughs> I get off work. I drive up to your guys' place. I sleep the next morning. We fly. That's... Yeah. Well, there's a little bit in between, but yeah. <sighs> We're going to uh, <laughs> drink beer camp across the world. Yes. Beer camp before we across America the and the rest of the world. Beer camp, <laughs> yeah, beer camp across America before we fly across America. Ooh. But this is across the world, but we're only going to fly across America. Yeah. Oh, is it across the world? Yeah, yeah. it's done. Uh, Where have I been? Yeah, it's done with uh, Belgian brewers, like brewers from all breweries from all over the world, partnered with breweries from here in the states. Because there's a so Trappist this is, style in there. This is us talking about stuff from before we started recording, but I'm pretty sure Casey's been drinking Rohypnol for the last <laughs> yeah for the so, last three weeks. So to let you in, we started this, and Casey was like, "Oh, He's we're doing a- bourbon." <laughs> It was like we... he's in a forget he's in a forget me now cycle. Yeah. Casey needs some um, member berries. Member. No one, no one getting that. No, okay. I'm sorry. No one else watched South Park. <laughs> God, I hate you all. Uh, uh. But yeah, um, we haven't. It's really just been preparation mode, I think, and and like just work, come home, work. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, yeah we we got packing today and. Getting our, our things in order. Um, it, it's pretty much just been nerdtacular prep. I don't know that we've had a ton of different beers in the last, um, like since the video episode. But that video episode, we did have a pretty good pack with the uh, yes. pack of Rebels. It was really yeah. good. You all should go check that out. I think we ended up saying it was uh, a buy. I would definitely suggest it. So uh, I did not have as in to purchase, not as in if we're this a competition, you get to skip round. <laughs> I would say, even though it, the beer isn't really what matters, I had a, a pineapple IPA from up here, a, a brewery near Washington D.C. I don't know where it is, but um, the the beer isn't what matters. But I did make my fifteenth uh, state 
in the badges. Oh, right? oh. Yeah. So I'm excited about that, which now that I've seen how quickly I've gotten to that, I want to do like every state a beer in every state. So Jeez. That's like the extreme of what Gnome tried. Did we talk about that on the show? When... I think we did on the, on the video, video show. Okay, in the video show, uh, <laughs> we talked about Gnarly Gnome did uh, the beer tour around Cincinnati, try to hit all currently open breweries, of which there are 38 in one I'm... business day. I'm going to say I don't remember that, but then again, I don't remember the bourbon <laughs> show either. So, Well, he didn't uh, make it because one of the brewers was closed and he ended up in jail. Yeah. Ended up in what? He ended up in jail. He got arrested. Did he really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a big... You can go to Twitter to figure it out. Yeah, there's a, there's yeah, a whole that, thing there. That, he posted on yeah, his blog about it, actually, I think. Yeah. Um, but, but no, yeah, that's it was kind of like, a feat. Yeah, it is very impressive what he did, and because he did uh, not even a half pour, like just like sample pours at each place, and still a t- lot of ten minutes at each brewery was all he was allowed. Yeah, we talked this through on a video episode. Yeah, all the logistics of it. Um, but yeah, that was cool. It rem- it always reminds me of the At World's End movie. Yeah, <laughs> the Golden yeah. Mile. Yeah, the exactly. Gold- just to, even just to have like a sip, and I'm like, okay, next on to the next. Like that, it was just it would just be such a. Marathon. Mm. Um, okay, well, we do have a, uh, some announcements. So, speaking of Nerdtacular, this is the last audio episode before Nerdtacular. Um, In fact, you may be tuning into this after Nerdtacular. Who knows? Of yeah. which you missed a great time. <laughs> um, but yeah, depending on when they when they downloaded this, it'll be up before then. Yes, yeah. it, it will be up before uh, before be up soon. Actually, I, I'm, I'm going to try to post it um, Sunday night, if not by Monday. Um, but, uh, if you, if you get this before Nerdtacular and you're going, uh, be sure to hit us up on social media or email feedback at haveadrinkshow.com, um, for some meetup details. Um, we're going to be heading to Uinta Brewing on Thursday, uh, once we get into Salt Lake City. Um, so we were just nailing down we some had, of that. Yes. Um. So time-wise, what would you guys say? Probably by two-ish we'll be at Uinta? So, uh, well, let me go ahead and put this out there. Um, I'm getting a haircut at this place called the Kraken at noon. So if anybody wants to pick up the 1130 slot or the 1230 slot, you know, come and hang out for just a minute while I get a a haircut. The Kraken's like this really cool place. I found it last time I was in Salt Lake City. Um, They do some really good haircut and stuff. So uh, we're from a small town. You don't get as big of a a good, like, style scene. I'm just picturing, like, the old barber shop back home that I went to, and just like, why is that a big deal? You go in, some old guys are sitting around, they talk basketball, you get your haircut, you leave a tip, you leave. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, this guy uses a straight razor, so I'm happy. So with did that. my barber, but that was because he was, you know, really old. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. That was all he never used. You can't get that anymore. So, uh, mm. and it, it like it makes the back of your head look amazing whenever you've got that straight razor, straight oh, yeah. line right across. Um, so, uh, feel free to come. But yeah, after I pick you guys up at what, what we say about one, one thirty somewhere around there. Yeah, should be able to make it to Inta by uh, by about two. By two. So yeah, two, 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 two. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that Thursday, the twenty eighth, ninth, 29th. Um, and then, uh, you know, then that we're going to do that before we head up to, um, I don't know, for, for further details, once we work everything out, just, just hit us up. Um, but we're going to do that before we head up for the meet and greet at Nerdtacular on, on Thursday. And, um, then 
obviously Nerdtaculars that weekend, and then that Sunday, which is July 2nd, we will be hitting some bars in Salt Lake City. Anyway, um, so Saturday, it, we oh, yes, hope Saturday. to do, um, what do we say, like maybe 9? Yeah, I think we're going to shoot for 9, so that way everyone has time for dinner, but 9 p.m. at Snowbird, we will be able to give you our room number, because we have hopefully a nice big suite, unless there's some big mix-up, and then everyone's just going to be sitting on the beds as this gets real awkward. <laughs> but we're supposed I mean, to have that a has its own sort of uh, uh, tiny, uh, uh, intimate charm, I suppose. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Come. Come to my bedroom. Oh, just, yes. just sit, sit in our beds. bed. It's Come great. on, please. I'm, I'm good. But we're going to be doing... You clothes over here by the door. <laughs> we're going to be doing an off-flavors tasting, so that'll be a great educational experience. We're going to walk everyone through this tasting. Yeah, so I've got enough off-flavor uh, serum. The way it works is the vial that we bought, because we all chipped in and got this, um, the vial that we bought is enough. It was like five bucks more to go for the liter versus the 12 ounces. So we can do a liter's worth of beer. But if we do a liter's worth of beer, it needs to be like a third of the vial, or I don't know what it is. It's like two cc's or two and a half cc's or something um in each beer yeah we just need like two to four ounces enough yeah. to do two to four ounces per thing yeah per person basically and so we'll be coming back with i've already got the vials to bring it back if we've got extra um, need but two if we, of banana flavoring stat. <laughs> and that's i mean that's very close to what it is because you've got the um, the different flavors that we're working with. If you're working with a flavor that is off flavor of bananas, then that could be that could be the case. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know about putting it through TSA. So I may just throw a syringe in your all's luggage or something and be like, "Hey guys, we'll put it. How'd in the, you get this here? We'll put it in the beer bag. Of which there may be a bottle share happening after this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so be ready for that. So there's we'll that. have some stuff. It'll be should be a pretty fun time though. Uh, that'll yeah. We said that's Saturday. Then Sunday we we hit Salt Lake like a roving band of alcoholic marauders. Of which <laughs> yes, there are people already signing on to tag along with us down there. So that's yes. gonna be a good time. And then I love it. Hopefully Sunday night we can get sleep because our flight leaves super early. Five a.m. We, See, my we thought was sleep. we just keep going. That was my we thought. Have a ru- Cancel we have the a room. room to shower in. No, we cancel the room reservation. We just go to the airport because there's a squatter's pub in the airport. No. So uh, we're done on the town. A little bit more expensive. I can, I can <laughs> say I've had not. that squatter's. I've been to that squatter's uh, pub in the airport. It is not cheap at all. Oh. <laughs> well, all right then. Mm-hmm. But, okay. So to recap. <laughs> oh, one more thing. Oh, it, yeah. Do you all know if Hot Beverages is flying back at the same time we are? You know, I don't remember. I do not know, but either way, she'll probably be relying on us for her ride back to the airport yeah yeah of course we'll make it we'll make it work yeah Yeah. um but so okay recap on the next on our basically our schedule surrounding this stuff so wednesday night um june 28th we're going to be doing a the beer camp across the world tasting and we'll try to live stream that the video won't be posted as quickly as it normally is but if you want to tune into diamondclub.tv for the live stream go ahead and do that oh we're doing that Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. Well, good for us. This was this was all discussed. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We'll talk about this after funny. the fact. Just keep going. Yeah, I don't um, remember that a whole lot. So yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, the next audio episode will be the live from Nertacular episode about the off flavors, which we are calling the first in our beer science series. I remember. Beer science. I'm excited about this series. Beer, yes. beer, 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 beer. 
beer, beer. Okay. I'm beer and I. Yeah, beer and I. I think so. I think that's that's it for the announcement. <laughs> All right. Uh, so um, let me let me add in a little banter there. I just got done with dinner, okay? And there was this bar not it was too far from with here. Your <laughs> Feels like it is. Uh, so there's this bar that serves like I don't know. It's like bar food, a little upscale bar food type stuff. So they serve, um, you know, mussels like Brussels mussels. So you've got your 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 Belgium mussels from yep. Brussels. Uh, but then they also do like the the real high end stuff. So fragua. I, I don't. I try not to eat fragua because of the fact that they stick a tube down the the neck of the goose or the duck right. and and force feed it for a while. So I think Go it's ahead. a little bit. It's like veal, um, but they do have bone marrow, so I got bone oh. marrow while I was there. And I mean, it came. You have to be on like a transplant list for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I, it came in like this giant, like half of a bones. It was a bone like sawed in half through the, um, like through the middle, so that you had basically the outline of the entire bone, not right. like little tiny chunks of it, like you would I would normally have expected. So I had like half of an entire leg bone laying on my plate. And I thought we were doing the bourbon episode today because <laughs> apparently my sangria has had rohypnol in them a few weeks ago. And I'm like, saying hypnol, saying hypnol. <laughs> um, I'm thinking, oh, this is perfect for our episode because because the way this guy was talking to me, he was saying, hey, you know what our chef really recommends, which to me sounded like, hey, you know what really makes us money is that you take this bone after you're done eating all the marrow out of the middle and they do a what was it? It was called a uh, a bone luge with bourbon or bourbon luge. So you oh, would no. take it sounds like a lot of bourbon that gets really dangerous. <laughs> yeah, you would take bourbon and put it into the middle of this leg bone, and then tip the leg bone up and drink the bourbon out of the leg bone. When we're talking I leg like bone, this. we're talking like a small animal's leg bone, not like no, we're talking like, like a, a cow's, femur, right? A cow's femur. Wow. How big is this bone? <laughs> so it was about a foot and a half long, somewhere around there. It was it was a pretty big bone. Leg bone's big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, said. yeah. It's not small. No, 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 no. no. And so the guy was like trying to sell me on a bourbon luge where you would put bourbon into the leg and, and shoot it like that. Now, as awesome as that sounds, I don't think I want to waste bourbon that way because it's all right. oily. Like there's all this oil and grease inside the bone and everything. I'm like... I think I'll pass, actually. And plus, their bourbon was not cheap. Like, the cheapest oh. bourbon that you got there was like $8 a shot. I bought a Ooh. fifth for what a shot and a half of bourbon would have cost me. Jeez. Or, sorry, a, a pint for what a shot and a bourbon would have cost me somewhere else. But uh, they did have McClellan 18, but it was $50 a shot. So, Jeez. yeah. Um, I'm a little bit more savvy when it comes to my alcohol drinking on business trips. How was the bone marrow though? I always see it on that that show on uh, Travel Channel with uh, Andrew Zimmern when I don't I don't know if this was equivalent to what other bone marrow tastes like, but it wasn't much. Like it was basically just very fatty. Yeah. Um, kind of an oily, greasy, fatty, like yeah. really tender. I'll give it that. Like, but hmm. it was like oyster tenderness with bone marrow fat or like a, a pig fat fattiness. Hmm. Did you feel so. leukemia? Just being cleansed from your body. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time that I'd really looked at this this dish and been like, oh, yeah, it is a bone. Instead of, like, dipping it, usually you cut it in cross sections. So you get, like, a one-inch piece of bone, and you dip mm -hmm. it out of the middle. And that was what I was expecting. But whenever you got, like, this huge leg bone, it's like, yeah, this is an animal, I guess, isn't it? Because <laughs> um, it had the little little pieces on the end where 
You saw it connected to the next bone. <laughs> let you pick the cow you had to kill so you could get its marrow. It wasn't important. I wanted to know the name. You know, it's very Portlandish. Yeah. So, uh, very yeah. What was the name of this cow? It, need, it needs to be like, uh, yeah, but it needs to be like the kind of cows they had at the restaurant at the end of the universe yeah. that are conditioned to. Uh, to want to be want to die to yeah. be fed. yeah to be fed like no no please try try my rump it's delicious I've been I've been working out it should be really good for you right now <laughs> I love that book all right God. before this conversation gets any more <laughs> off the rails let's go ahead and dive a, into some news have a Douglas Adams <laughs> I'm on for that though uh, all right uh, I we, hate you both <laughs> what did we, we do I read story three oh. <laughs> Quit reading ahead. Spoilers. Oh. <laughs> so, we've talked about this on the video episodes. Again, uh, go and check those out. They're logged on YouTube, and they're kind of hard to find since they've not been really rated. So go to our website. Go to the website and <laughs> get the link to those. YouTube link. Rate that. Uh, but this article comes from Paste, and we've discussed it there, but figured it warranted discussion here. So, brewery ratings on rate beer are broken, and they have been for a while. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, we discussed at length... Bum, bum. On both episodes about how the purchase of rate beer or the minority purchase of rate beer from ABM Bev hadn't really affected the overall beer ratings on there because we're like you know they're still rated pretty crappily, but someone else decided to do a little invis- investigative journalism uh, last week. Uh, this is posted in Paste. Last week I was contacted by a Paste reader with something very interesting and unusual to share about rate beer. It's safe to call this person a criminology professor with a background in quantitative methodology, something of a statistics geek. In the wake of the revelation that rate beer had received investment slash a partial buyout from AB InBev back in October of 2016 without disclosing that investment to media or breweries, he wondered how statistics on rate beer may have been affected since the autumn. So he said about... Yeah, set about doing some research via the Internet Archive's Wayback Machine. God bless you, Wayback Machine. Yeah. (laughs) What he found was deeply concerning and seemed to give credence to the fears of craft brewers such as Dogfish Dogfish Head's Sam Calgione, who, along with others, publicly requested their breweries be removed. Uh, If you want to know what happened from that, they said no. (laughs) It did not feel so good to still be on rate beer. Uh, from the Rate Beer Service due to the investors' obvious conflict of interest. In September of 2016, Rate Beer introduced a feature called Brewer Ratings, which appears on every brewery's profile page. The number is meant to be an at-a-glance indicator of how well that brewery's full lineup of beers has uh, rated. The purest and most simple condensation of which breweries are good and bad for an average user who isn't going to deep dive among the entire lineup of brews. When the system it's was... the in- only way I go, though. It's like, I actually never look at the brewery rating. I go, no, I need to know what this beer particularly is yeah. like. Yeah. When the system was... You in- know, sometimes a blind squirrel finds a nut. <laughs> when the system was introduced, and at least in October of 2016, the brewer rating of Anheuser-Busch InBev stood at 74 out of 100. Not exactly rosy. And they post links to what it was looking like. Today, that number stands at 90 out of 100. The interim, only a specifically small number of new ratings have been added to the brewery. 1.3% more reviews, to be precise, which is not nearly enough to reasonably expect them to influence the score from 74 to 90. If 
It at first appears to be a significant 21.6% increase in the overall brewer rating. And because Jesus. the actual range of the scale is 50 to 100 rather than 1 to 100, for reasons we'll explain shortly, 50 being the lowest possible score a brewery can have, the relative percentage of increase in brewery rating is even higher. Taking into consideration that this is actually a 50 to 100 scale, it's a... It's as if the score changed from 24 out of 50 to 40 out of 50, which is a 66.7% increase since October, which is, of course, also when ABMBF happened to invest in rate beer. Bless the mm. statisticians. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it's profoundly easy to see why this reader was suspicious and why we quickly became suspicious as well. But as we dove into the numbers of more breweries, we began to see other things that also didn't seem to make sense unrelated to ABMBEV. One of the best examples is Molson Coors, the Canadian brewing giant, which went from a brewer rating of 68 out of 100 in October of 2016 to a 93 out of 100 now. In their case, a mere 1.4% increase in the total number of beer ratings somehow produced an insane 138.9% increase in total brewer rating. Huh, how that, that one is straight up statistically impossible. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. According to Rate Beer founder slash executive director Joe Tucker in a forum post, when the feature was introduced, brewer ratings is meant to be a calculated uh, percentile, 2 plus 50, where percentile refers to the percentile of scores into which the brewery's full range of beers fall, which is to say if a brewery's full lineup of beers is put to the 90th percentile, then its final brewer rating will be 95 out of 100. It's a pretty sensible system, even if by definition it means that the lowest rating a brewery can achieve would be 50, the score it would get if its beers were in the unth percentile. Zeroth? I don't know how to... Zeroth. Zeroth. I don't. I think it's horrible. Oh. I, I do. I, like, not. I, th I think the way they've done it. You know, even though this says it's reasonable or whatever, I think the adding fifty to it, you start at fifty is the baseline in a website like this. I think that you, you, everybody sees if it's out of a hundred, you would expect zero would be the lowest. I'm not a big fan of that. I think. I mean, zero should be the lowest. I, you know what? It, the, the other way to go for that, to to. To change that, you know, like Barmy's like, well, well, just make it a letter grade because you know, fifty is failing. Yeah, just um, fail. That would make sense. But that's a the, you know, American grade scale for that doesn't make much sense. But well, no, no, I agree. I think that I think uh, that. So, is there anywhere else that we just go ahead and say, oh, we'll give you fifty points for free? No. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, so, again, uh, yeah. So yeah, like just Some anything. May, but, but yeah, I don't. Professors who don't who don't actually understand what a curve is. Yes. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that I do know. I think that starting at fifty is a bad thing. <laughs> I do know, and I know in my heart that this was wrong. From the get go, <laughs> exactly right. Possible collusion and corruption aside, the scale is bad, and they should feel bad. So what <laughs> yeah. was the what was the percentage of the company they own again? Uh, 30%, I think. A little enough, under 30, 33. Enough to say, hey, why don't you do this? It's not enough to say, oh, yeah, you you have to do this. It's enough to it's, say, oh, yeah, you, you should do this because we own you and we could just sell you off to somebody else. It's, right. it's, like, it's like if someone, you know, you owed 30% of your total net worth to. 
told you to do something <laughs> as opposed to, you know, like when, uh, uh, Activision told Blizzard, yeah, no, Battle.net's going to have, uh, going to have destiny on it and you're going to put it on there and you're going to make the announcement. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I don't know if that's true or not, but like how I actually imagine that that went down. As well, if it's it's, hurt it's them. similar to um, my student loan company saying, hey, uh, it would be totally really cool if you did dot, dot, dot. And I would say, um, sure, because I, I really want to stay in your good graces right now. <laughs> hey, you know it would be great if you did this? You know it would not be great if we called in all of that debt right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. They do so, happen to go in and list the uh, few breweries that have 100 out of 100. Oh, oh yeah. let's talk Where, about that. That's um, on down in the article. Uh, okay. You have Deschutes, and they've been a 100-100 since February. That's last February. Uh, the ladders is only at about, like, 99. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. Dogfish is rated 100 out of 100. Uh, Lagunitas, 100 out of 100. Great Lakes, 100 out of 100. And they rose from 98 in October as well. At the time all this took down, they went up two points on here, which isn't as drastic as some of these others that hmm. got called out. Uh, Surly, 100 out of 100. Full Sail Brewery, 100 out of 100. Flying Dog, Allagash, Epic, and Bear Republic. So did we talk about these? Because if I heard this, but then go back and try to repeat something that we've <laughs> no, already talked no, about. We, we didn't get down this far. We didn't talk about why they said there was a problem with the ratings, did we? We mentioned oh. that they said that they they said there was some some math problem and they knew what it was. Yeah. And they're how trying get, to fix. How do you get a 100 out of 100 if there's a math problem that Yeah. increases everybody else? Exactly. And, and it's not like there's a million people at 100 out of 100. I think yeah, the, that's no. kind of what they're pointing out is they were also all at 100 out of 100 or most of them before there was any kind of math issue. There were only like mm -hmm. two of the breweries that weren't at 100, and they were within two points of being at 100. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't make sense. We've got all these uh, theories. Um, to be perfectly honest, I think the best way for us to combat this and to keep it away from um, influencing other beer drinkers is to just boycott it and say, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go to rate beer. If a beer company gets in bed with the same company that's making the beer, that's probably a bad idea. And it's so let's just say, no, we're not going to go there. That, and they've come out and said, there are problems with the rating systems, flat out. They, yeah. The company admitted it. So, yeah. But something about they admitted something it ingrained because in someone, us. someone told the rest of us that there was a problem right, with the rating basically. system. Yeah. yeah, I mean, nobody noticed this. Nobody was looking this direction. That's the bad part about it. Nobody was looking this direction until it came out that, oh, yeah, we're partially owned by AMB and Bev. So, Handy. Yeah, um, yeah. I, something's just ingrained Amazingly, in us. how quick after that they went, hold on, let me do just a little bit of checking. You <laughs> piece of... Yeah. yeah. So, But we just want to have stuff. ratings for stuff. So, like, we're still looking at other places, but then there are reputable sources that don't have a huge conflict of interest, for yeah. example. We, uh, you know, say, like, um, I don't remember if they had it before, like, the, the liquor barn, the, like, the liquor store chain nearby that I go to, they'll have, uh, you know... They have like a beer rating for particularly high-rated beers. Mm. They've been using Beer Advocate, so yeah. I have to imagine yeah. them going like, 
dodged a bullet there. <laughs> Didn't yeah, have to uh, redo all these tags. Party Source down here, they use uh, Beer Advocate as well to post ratings for all their beers. So. I think sometimes there's an untapped thing here and there, probably. Yeah, I've been seeing some untapped ones around. But all right, uh, enough of that depressing story. Oh, and hold on, hold oh. on. Oh. Casey's not finished. I'm not finished yet. Let me, I'm not going to let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> untapped as their system may be better in the fact that it doesn't necessarily say, okay, we're going to let you buy into the entire business and you can deal with the day-to-day politics. It says, hey, we're going to let you purchase an advertisement in the form of a badge or we're going to let you purchase this in addition so i'm not giving untapped the complete you know it's their way it's their way to monetize but it's totally different process it's not like you can buy the at least uh, what we know now it's not you can buy the rating it's you can buy the badge to try to get which is not the same thing all the ratings are purely user rated thing i mean you can try to drink to get the badge and hate the beer and rate it as such you know that well, nothing say, nobody like, owns them those badge those badges are optional yes you don't absolutely yeah yeah, to yeah. Do it. I mean, and that's, it is, that's my point yep. motivator for why you check into stuff for some people yeah but for me it's mostly so you know i remember what i did when i blacked out i don't black uh, out anymore not, so not we have live <laughs> uh feedback what someone uh listener to the show <laughs> How are they listening right now? Well, he's not listening right now. Uh, he's down at the Deschutes. He? He's down at the Deschutes Street Pub in Cincinnati that we were going to try and go to tonight. But we, uh, we had what? to cancel because we broke because Salt Lake coming up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Deschutes has a as a pop up kind of uh, thing. But had to, uh, on Pride Day. Yeah, I had to send me a thing <laughs> uh, checking in there. He said, but there's nothing okay. from Delatters <sighs> from Michael Sweeney. So. <laughs> Thanks, Sweeney. You, you are my, you are my new hero. <laughs> You're doing the Lord's work, there, son. All right. Well, speaking of heroes, our next story: uh, how to get drunk all night without getting, or how to drink all night without getting drunk. How to get drunk? This all guy night is drunk. a genius, but there maybe goes, not. There goes my hero. Watch that, him as he drinks. That guy from the TV commercials. That's what they call him, either because they don't know his name. Or are by now too drunk to remember it. As the co-founder and chairman of Boston Beer Company, he has appeared in countless Sam Adams commercials over 30 years. And while this always smiling man is a regular guy like you and me, while walking the street, the second he enters a bar, Jim Cook becomes a celebrity. I mean, he's a celebrity on the street. Just depends on what street. What a freak in the bed. They probably call him Sam Adams. (laughs) I just picture him great. walking into a bar and the whole hey, bar is just going like, Jim, 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 <laughs> yeah. Jim. We met at a midtown Manhattan uh, monstrosity called the Keg Room, where at least four people stopped Cook to say hello as we made our way to a table. Uh, one apologized for currently drinking something yellow and fizzy as opposed to a Boston lager <laughs> as we sat down. So many beer lists are poorly arranged, but this is pretty nice, Cook noted good mixture of styles not just a bunch of ipas like most bars have nowadays seconds later he learned that one of the two sam adams offerings on tap was their new ipa rebel <laughs> we ordered two yeah, though. not just not just uh ipas you know that'd be we have a sam uh, we have a sam adams ipa the rebel ipa 
Well, <laughs> is, this, is this just like an op-ed or something? No, there was another surprise. They arrived in shaker pint glasses, which aren't right, he said. <laughs> you won't get all the aromatics. Yeah, this is... I just like... love the idea of someone giving him like just a regular shaker pint glass uh, for like one of his beers. He goes, He's just insulted. we sell the correct glass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all of them. I have, I, I have people who scientifically make this. Well, he reached in his bag and withdrew a perfect pint glass. <laughs> the shapely, angle-rimmed piece of glassware his brewery helped design back in 2007 and sent the waiter back to the tap. I always carry one with me, he said. You'll see. <laughs> he was right. I did see. And then I saw a whole slew of beers almost magically appear on our table. Nitro stouts, sours, two big bottles from the Belgian-inspired barrel room collection. That's when Cook snapped into full salesman mode, enthusiastically talking about brewing the American dream. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those moments you for you. It reminds you that he used to sell his stuff bar to bar out of a suitcase. Yeah, like just him going. Let me tell you about Sam Adams Boston Lager. Yeah, just popping beers out of a the suitcase. Yeah, knows what he's doing. So he popped the top on uh, like the. They're basically getting into what it's like to be out with Jim Cook. Jim yeah. Cook, <laughs> and it's great. Uh, a lot of people it's as great in every as you bar expect. shouting Jim, 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 Jim. <laughs> but the, uh, it's an awesome little read about like just a back and forth of like this is a night out with Jim Cook. As far as the this, I'll take that. It has to be the best night. Like <laughs> it just does. Still, still never met him. Friends of ours. Yeah. Who aren't hungover at Oktoberfest get to meet him. Bunch of jerks. Well, <laughs> a bunch of jerks. Well, <laughs> we're getting, we're getting to the secret, to not being so completely it... hammered. No, no, I never read the secret. I read the journey. <laughs> well, the, read, the yeast. Read an idea. It's yes, it's Jim's idea of how you live. I think he just, if you're always <laughs> drunk. <laughs> You're never says, really drunk. Okay, okay. Let's 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 state what his his plan is. Uh, there we go. His, and then then we will make our reactions. <laughs> this is an active dry yeast. Yes. Uh, by consuming an active dry yeast daily. <laughs> Has an enzyme in it called alcohol. Oh God. Dehydrogenases. Dehydrogenase. Okay. <laughs> Um, ADH. Okay, we're going to say that. It breaks alcohol molecules down into their consti constituent parts of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, which is the same thing that happens when your body metabolizes alcohol in its liver. Um, so if you have that enzyme in your stomach, when the alcohol first hits it, the ADH will begin breaking it down before it gets into your bloodstream, and thus your brain. <laughs> I don't believe this for a second. I'm willing to try. <laughs> Having been in the man's presence... No, he is just sloshed twenty four hours a day. I, I don't okay. think he's a he's an, like an alcoholic, but like it's just like he's continuously in a in a buzz state. Now like, the other option is that there's there's like three ways this goes, right? One, he's full of crap. He's just always drunk. Two, he's built up a tolerance, not unlike an Irish stock worker. <laughs> um, sorry, I, I immediately thought of thank you for smoking, and just that line <laughs> popped in my head. Uh, <laughs> It's such a good movie. I haven't, I haven't watched that. I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah. I know. Aaron Eckhart is an American treasure and needs to be in more movies. Uh, things that <laughs> aren't, you know. This belongs in a museum. You know, things where he's not playing the president 
where someone attacks the White House. Yeah. Anyway, um, the the other option is that this works. I'm willing to do scientific you know evidence. <laughs> to oh, find out. we have we have someone nominated now, nominating themselves. And you, you know what? You can also, like, okay, either he's drunk all the time or he's just also one of the happiest human beings because his job is pretty freaking awesome now. So I, now, I think he's, he does make he's a not, claim he's in his thing, uh, in the article. It says it will mitigate, not eliminate, mitigate <laughs> the effects of alcohol. So maybe yeah. he's just saying it's not as not as severe. It gets you another extra, you know, 30 minutes of drinking. Hmm. I mean, I hey, something something's been working, and you know what? He's still he's still going strong. Uh, I was gonna say, like, I I'm I'm not a doctor. I don't know, right? But I'm willing to experiment to find out. All right, I, I'm ready for some spoonfuls of yeast. Let's let's do it. <laughs> mm. All right, Take where do we find team. some? Where do we find spoonfuls of yeast? <laughs> I assume Casey can order them from the homebrew shop. Yeah, let's try. I don't know. Maybe there's some like. Do they have like? Do they sell yeast at the grocery store? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah for do. bread making. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because oh, you yeah, can just buy straight gluten. So why sorry, not? I don't. I don't make. <laughs> I don't make bread. <laughs> we need to have a cooking show, on this network. We need to make. Oh no, we need to make an episode where we ha- we make beer bread. Oh yes, we do mm. actually. <laughs> See no. We, well, uh, we've I'm... talked. We need to do. We need to do an episode of uh, cooking of, with beer. Of cooking with beer. Oh, mm-hmm. cooking with beer, My... and we need to do one on just like literally having food to pair with certain beers. Welcome to have a spitball a podcast idea. <laughs> I'm just saying I have I have the Fourth of July off after mm-hmm. we get back. We've got some time. We could there we go. And we do have to buy more fat tire because of the badge that's still going on until August. Fat, oh, fat yeah. tire Fridays. Oh my goodness. Fat tire is a good is a, is a pretty solid cooking beer. Mm. Goes well in mashed potatoes. We hear. <laughs> so it does. are we are we nearly done with this this? Yeah, we're moving on. Topic. <laughs> moving on. No, 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 no. Let's oh. not. Oh. No, we're, yeah, let's yeah. move on. We're moving you, on, Casey. If you Google, oh, uh, I think, what did I Google? It was, does yeast make you not get drunk? Oh, okay. I Googled that. The first, right, first thing that pops up is an NPR article from mm-hmm. 2014 because mm-hmm. Sam, uh, not Sam Calgiani, but uh, Jim Cook. Uh, Jim Cook. Yeah, Sam Cook. Cook. Uh, Sam Cook. No, Jim Cook. <laughs> Uh, was was has been saying this for the longest time. He he's been talking about this. So he he says yeast and yogurt. That's that's really his thing. Is he add the yogurt in there too? So you know, there's some additional processes. Um, they actually put this to the test, and yeah. they actually. So I won't let us. I won't let us uh, go out there and and start this without finishing up. Um, they actually did the test on this, and so they did three different trials. Uh, with three people each, they they waited um, so that there were empty stomachs for at least eight hours before they started it. And they did a fasting with nothing but beer. They did a fasting with yeast and yogurt only, and then a fasting with water only. And so water only was the best option, actually, in the three. Oh. Um, water wa- brought down the blood alcohol level. It started lower in the blood alcohol level, so they did – they did these three things, and then they used a Backtrack S80 Pro Breathalyzer to find the, the ratings, and they used that to track it over the next four hours, basically. So over the first hour and a half, basically every single section rose in blood alcohol content. 
Yeah. Uh, hour and a half in, you saw a height of blood alcohol content. Um, in the first first hour and a half, you saw a pretty good jump. Um, between the three individuals, you saw a jump of between 0.04 and 0.08, 0.09, somewhere in that range for everybody. So depending on your, your body build, um, you can reach different levels. So for one of the trials, the water actually brought down the height of the blood alcohol level by 0.02%. Which, if you're having just a few beers, that's enough to keep you out of jail. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying not that. Not saying to drive. Not saying drive and drink, but it was a pretty big result in one of these individuals. In the other wow. two, it wasn't as big, but fasting with water had a larger effect than the other two. Here's, you, here's my idea. Here's my idea. I want to try this test. Yes. In, you know, on a, I want to try like a similar test. Yes. But I think it needs like a cognitive section, mm. like like mm. a puzzle you have to solve, a yeah. different puzzle so you're not constantly solving the same thing. Cause... Because you're saying that there could be an additional effect other than just the level of alcohol in your blood. Correct. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's something, you know, just, just to get a better breakdown of it. I feel like okay. there needs to be something other than just a pure, you know, blood okay. alcohol test. I think there needs to be like a, a – I'm not saying solve a Rubik's Cube, but, you know, put together <laughs> a simple – Some basic math you know, stuff. I don't know. So uh, I talked about the water. Let's talk about the other two. So fasting with nothing but beer. I will say that fasting with nothing but beer actually does peak above the um, above the fasting with yogurt and yeast. It, it peaks above it, and sometimes it's like a quarter. Sometimes it's a half of a percent. No, half of a point. So it's point zero zero two five or point zero zero five above the yeast for yogurt at the peak, which is about an hour and a half in. Mm -hmm. But after about two hours, having yeast and yogurt actually increases your blood alcohol content for a longer period of time. Oh, wow. So mm -hmm. after about two hours, you're seeing this switch where having nothing at all is worse for you than having, or is better for you than having just yeast and yogurt put in there. So there could be this weird counteraction where the yeast is actually interacting with the yogurt to create alcohol while it's still in your stomach, <laughs> which would be pretty cool. Or it could be just the yogurt and yeast slowing the process that your liver is uh, it's absorbing. slowing it down, but you're still going to go through it. Yeah, and mm. you're, you're still absorbing and, and taking care of the same amount of alcohol. So look at this study. It's a pretty cool study. that, And it's not real scientific. I think it's something that we may need to try with. Um, from the looks of it, it may have been four mils. Um, yeah, you need a larger sample size of different yeah. you know, body types. And so like I was saying, something. he's just drunk all the time. So to him, <laughs> that's just no, that's like base. That's just base mm -hmm. for him. He's just he's been drunk so long that buzzed is what sober is for him now. So he's just like, no, I just eat the yeast and I'm good to go. And it's like, it, yeah. It keeps you're... him drunker longer, I think, is <laughs> yeah. the problem. All right. Keep, maybe he's never sober. As much as I've tried to postpone this next story. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we knew hard. the ulterior we motive. Gotta, we got to get on, yeah. We'll so, have our day in the sun now, Casey. This story was sent to us from Tyler on Twitter. Uh, Tyler. Yeah. I'm so, Dang you, I'm, Tyler. Dang you. Thank you. No, Tyler, you're, you're, you're an American hero. I'm going to try. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write you in for the Congressional Medal of Honor. So, this clickbaity article title. 
which actually turned out to be a nice list. Uh, Pliny the Elder dethroned after eight years as the which best I, beer. Which I Pliny the Younger? That part of the the article I'm not offended by. <laughs> well, dethroned yeah, sure. as best beer in America. So after dominating uh, Zimmergy's magazines, annual Zimmergy annual Which is a study of uh, fermentation, I believe. Yeah, oh. yeah, very reputable. Uh, their annual survey of the best beers in America for eight of the 15 years it has existed, Russian River Brewing Company's elusive double IPA, Pliny the Elder, has been usurped. Uh, the official publication of the American Homebrew Association found that following a survey of over 4,000 of its members, that title now belongs to Two-Hearted Ale, an IPA brewed by Bell's Brewery. Somewhere out there, Furry Viking is standing around going, USA, <laughs> USA, or USA, Michigan. Whatever the Michigan chant is. I know the Ohio OH thing. I don't know. I don't know what Michigan's is. Yeah. Um, this is an incredible honor for us, said Laura Bell. Jesus. <laughs> it's the worst name. Yeah. It's the C- worst. CEO of Bell's Brewery, daughter no, of the family. No, we have, we have baggage with that name because we feel like sh- when we say it, we say it as one word. It's yes. Yeah. Laura, Laura Bell. Laura Bell. Bell. Uh, Laura Bell. We got our start as home brewers, and that's how my dad's got, that's, that's how my dad got going. So we really identified if it was that's how, how my her dad. dad got. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> how oh, my dad no, has like, wow. appropriate for Pride Day. So we <laughs> yeah, So we go. really identify with the home brewing community. We take a lot of that spirit into what we do today. Uh, how did you say you said Zymergy? Zymergy. Ask voters to select 20 of their favorite commercial beers available across the United States in an online poll. Tallied them up, and with those votes, found well, both. There you go. It's a popularity contest. <laughs> that makes well, sense. Well, that's what all. That's what all. Best whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're the, all. The country is. It could be like somebody that's really taking like, okay, this is a very good fermentation with great hot flavor, and, oh and it's my like, God, Casey, this is what it sounds like when you hear a Holocaust denier. Pliny <laughs> oh came in second place nationwide, <laughs> though first in California. With Founders Breakfast Stout out of Grand Rapids, Michigan at third. I think that's a travesty. Three Floyd's Zombie (laughs) Dust Pale Ale out of Indiana at fourth. And another of Bell's, the Imperial IPA Hop Slam, rounding the top five. Hop Slam. Hop Slam. The Homebrew Association's list of top breweries in the United States looked similar to its top-ranked brews. Bell's Brewery landed at first, with Founders Brewing coming in at second. Russian River ranked third with fellow Northern California brewery Sierra Nevada, topic of this episode, at fourth. Fifth place went to Escanado Stone Brewing and sixth to Firestone Walker. That is a really good... Yeah, that, that, yeah no, those are, those are pretty solid. No. Well, good I, don't breweries. Know, I honestly no. don't All know what them. Russian River, River no. does. All of them are good breweries, Casey. Uh, I don't know about that. For Russian River loyalists, uh, the results may not come as a shock. Bells began distributing in California in early 2015 and has steadily been adding more customers in its growing list of distribution territories. Yeah, they're coming to New Mexico, I believe, was the newest one I saw. Coming to you, Mexico, New Mexico. <laughs> Including um, maybe so, old Mexico. One of the things that I really um, am surprised at is that there's... Uh, is there a New England-style IPA on this? No, but uh, it doesn't say. It seems very West Coast. Yeah, that's yeah. Mid is like middle of the country on Midwest over the West. to West Coast. Yeah. The West Coast is 
completely up in arms about the New England IPA. They are not for it, and the West Coast breweries kind of, they don't want anything to do with it. It's because they're they've they've grown up. They grew up in the shadow of the hops, and then they're just like, <laughs> all right, um, I know this. So this list, it's forty-seven beers deep. Let's cover a few of these real quick. Uh, the top ranked number one, Bell's Too Hard to Ale. Number two, uh, Rus- Russian Rivers, Pliny the Elder. Number three, Founders Breakfast Stout. Number four, woo-hoo. Three Floyd Zombie Dust will be in Utah this week. It's pretty good. Uh, number what? F- three Floyd Zombie? Oh, he's he's oh, bringing just because of the. Yeah. It will the, be there uh, because someone the mule that's taking it. Uh, Bell's <laughs> well, Hop we're Slam. We're not going to talk about how we have to smuggle it past past uh, TSA. Okay, I'm out. really I'm sensitive about the subject. I am very surprised, actually. The TSA did not open my bag this time. Every time I've had beer in my bag, they've opened it. But this time I had four cans, and they didn't open my bag. You can't take me through through TSA, because you know they opened mine. And I say the wrong things every time. (laughs) I swear. What do you, uh, sir, do you know what's in that bag? God, I really hope it's handbells. This guy (laughs) just handed it to me a minute ago. It totally looks like C4. (laughs) <laughs> All right, uh, number five, Bell's Hop Slam. Number six, uh, Founders KBS. Surprise, mm, that's as far down as six. Uh, whoa, we got T's. What are this? T six, Founders KBS. Oh, they tied. Six oh. was a tie between Founders KBS, uh, Alchemist Heady Topper, Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA, which I had for the first time no, that's, last week. Fresh Squeezed and KBS and uh, Heady Topper tied. Yeah. No, they're tied for eight. That's a different number. Tied oh, 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 okay. So, okay, KBS and uh, Hetty Topper tied for six. Eighth was between Fresh Squeezed and Sierra Nevada Celebration. Okay. Huh. Uh, ten, Ballast Point Sculpin, just the regular one. Uh, tie in 11th for Boulevard's Tank 7 Farmhouse and Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. God, there's a lot of ties on here. Yeah. 13th uh, for Founders All Day IPA and Lawson's Finest Liquids Sip of Sunshine. 15, Cigar City. Oh, that... Uh, Jai Ali? Jai Ali? I don't know how to say it. Hi Lai. Hi Lai. I didn't even see the list. I'm just guessing it's Hi Lai. Hi Lai. There's no game. I mean, it's just A L A I. It's a game and it's yeah. it's a way to gamble. Uh, gamble right. legally in Florida. Yeah. 16, Deschutes Black Butte Porter. Oh, yeah, I remember it now. Yeah, because. Yeah, Schwood and Jerry played it. Well, I was actually really? yeah okay they yeah did they did one. but my my first thought is uh one it's the things that giant palatas the big yeah. scoops and the, the other thing is that uh madmen madmen yes because they spawn like like they go in heavy on it they, well they do to to drain some idiot of his money who mm-hmm. in the sixties is going to make highlight America's baseball uh huh damn there were, there were um what was it. I want this to be a thing about highlight. Okay, it's about beer. Three of them tied for 19 and four tied at 22. Jesus. I want to point out Goose Island Bourbon County brand stout is 17. That's ranked crazy. 17. That's how you know this list is shit. <laughs> <laughs> From the American Homebrewers Association, Casey. They're owned from the inside. <laughs> Casey. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I just have to find some excuse. Uh, 22 has the nice big four-way tie between Treehouse's Julius Odell, uh, the Odell IPA, Russian River Blind Pig IPA, and Toppling Goliath Pseudo Sue. Let me just say, I had one of those. 
that this hate of Casey's has taken on a life of its own. It's it's far outstrapped the initial <laughs> problem he had with it. Now he's just perpetuating it for its own sake. And then oh my gosh. we're pointing out the 11, 11 way tie for 27. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I just had to count those. So the 11 way tie for 27th is Fatheads Headhunter IPA, Firestone Walker, Double Jack, uh, Melvin 2x4, Double IPA, New Belgium's La Folie, Odell's 90 Shilling, Russian River, Pliny the Younger, Sierra Nevada Torpedo, Extra IPA, The Alchemist Focal Banger, Trogues uh, yep. Nugget Nectar, pretty good, Founders Backwoods Bastard, and Oscar Blues Tin Fitty. Those <laughs> should not be at 27. That's insane. God. Well, there. Yeah. All right. So, this list, because there are so many tied for lower lower ranking, I'm going to go ahead and say that this list is probably decided on a very few individuals' votes. I don't know what the. They said it was 400. Uh, number is. It's it was probably over like, 400. What? Say that again. They said it in the article. It's over 400. Over over 4,000. 4,000. To get a uh, like a, a eleven way tie with four thousand people because it's probably a weighted voting where you have like you know someone you know somebody gets for for first place and then you have like people who voted second third whatever maybe maybe well Casey you're just gonna have to get in on the homebrew association and work your way up and start right. start voting you're in these just things. gonna have to accept that that you're being insane and they did <laughs> they did one bad thing you didn't approve of you find me one you They're find me one you find They're me stupid. one company that you that that is that has a thing that you you don't agree with, and they keep doing it. You know, you, prior to, prior to this episode, I was almost ready to say I forgive Bells, but now no. Now that they <laughs> have the, the highest rated beer in the country, all right. Nice. Well, that's gonna do it for news. Let's go ahead and roll into some some untapped and get riggedy Yeah. Man, it's like you planned that. <laughs> I was really I'm thinking it would be slower, and I was like, you know, good job. <laughs> I'm out of liquor. Out of liquor, guys. <laughs> I mean, it's when you call room service and tell them to bring uh, the bottle. As you say that, I have the room service menu in my hand. <laughs> I'm getting the no less. Hold on a second. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. Well, thankfully, he's not the first person in Untapped. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, first up in Untapped, we have uh, the Shell Razor badge. Uh, get ready to shout Shell Yeah for your Shell Razor IPA, a brand new house beer from our friends at Green Turtle, brewed from Duclaw Brewing. Uh, this brew, along with Shell Razor Pale Ale, was crafted just for the Green Turtle patrons. Balance and balanced and flavorful, these two are sure to appease any craft beer lover, but not to overwhelm those looking for something new. Be sure to stop by your new uh, your nearest Green Turtle location and raise shell. Uh, check into one raise shell ale or raise shell IPA uh, at a Green Turtle location between July fifteenth. June fifteenth and July fifteenth. I, I honestly thought that said July fifteenth and July fifteenth, and I was like, "Man, that's a tiny fair. window." Yeah. They've done that before. Yeah, true. June fifteenth to July fifteenth, earn your Team Shell Razor badge, and be sure to add Green Turtle location, uh, Green Turtle location to your check-in for it to count. I've never heard of this place, but I, I just can't get past that Shell Razor. I think is like the name of a, one of the new cards in Hearthstone. I was gonna say I haven't heard of it either, but what I think all their turtles should have are. Uh, all the beers that are 
you know, for this sort of thing should be, you know, Donatello, Leonardo, <laughs> Michelangelo, and this Raphael. Should be all the names. Obviously. All right, this next one I'm actually kind of interested in and thought about getting a pack. Yes, and we've learned how to say it after the last beer festival we went to because <laughs> there was a representative there, and I was like, first of all, pronunciation, where are we at? Um, so the next one is Find the Giant with Trogues. Uh, prepare to take a journey in search of a giant, Trogues Nimble Giant, to be exact. Uh, this double IPA boasts grapefruit rind, pineapple, and honeysuckle notes with a hint of earthy forest flavor. This sounds delicious. Uh, available once a year. If you're lucky enough to find the giant, you can earn a brand new badge. Check into one Trogues Nimble Giant between June 12th and July 12th. So, Alrighty. yeah. This sounds great. Uh, I've never... Well, we haven't looked for their stuff too much. I want to say I've never seen it before, but that Jungle really Gems has anything. a ton of it, and they actually have like a shelf, a whole shelf overflowing with this stuff right now. Nice. Mm. Yeah, I, we had a couple of their things at um at the Jungle Gems Beer Festival, and it was wonderful. Nice. All right, Casey, since you're back, why don't oh. you round us <laughs> off there? Yeah, I went ahead and ordered a stack of Pinot Noir, which for this hotel, it's like four of those little. I think it's the balls of wine. I don't know. It was the cheapest thing. It was like twenty-four bucks for a, for a whole bottle of wine. So, go for it at this point. <laughs> um, so, come have a beer for the first, first number one ever national belt national for the Belgian Beer Week. That does not make sense in the United States. I'm sure Belgium has a national beer week. It's our national celebration. <laughs> our national beer. celebration of Belgian beers. Absolutely, from July 14th to the 20th. So we've got a little bit of time. You may actually get to listen to this episode before it happens. Gasp. <laughs> uh, and you can experience authentic Belgian beer. Not that crap that we serve in the United States. <laughs> um, so to kick off celebration, enjoy a 7th annual North America... What? First ever <laughs> national... It says the first ever national. And then down below it says the 7th annual na- North American... Okay. I'll give it the North American versus the American. Okay. I'll give it that. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, because Canada is not part of this nation, Casey. I'll, I'll, the War of 1812 that. ended centuries ago. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> no. Um, so you can do the uh, annual North American beer, Belgian beer, beer festival, the NABBF with a hashtag in front in Westland, Michigan at nabbf.org, the largest exclusively Belgian-made beer festival in the U.S. The festival is scheduled for two, count them, two epic sessions beginning at 7 p.m. on Friday, July 14th, and at 2 p.m. on Saturday, July 15th. The NABBF features world-class lists of authentic Belgian beers and its largest contingent coming from Belgium ever. Uh, you will have to go to Belgium to meet this many Belgian breweries one at a time and in their own place. Even then, it would be hard to do. So it's a week-long celebration of all things Belgium. It takes place across the country. And you can go to nabbf.com events to find out what events are near you. Um, but why wait until July to celebrate? Between now and the end of Belgium Beer Week, you can from June 21st to July 31st. Check in with one of any of these beers below. And it's got a long list of breweries. Uh, St. Um, Bernardus is on there. That'd probably be the easiest to find out of all these. Saint, yep, St. Bernardus, uh, St. Fulion. Um, see if there's anything else. Uh, oh, Rodenbach. Rodenbach's really easy to find. Um, Lind- Lindemans. The Orval. So, 
yeah. And oh. and Vestimol. Yeah. Um, so those, those are all fairly easy to find. And you can learn more about North American Beer, Belgian Beer Festival, and Belgian Beer Week at NABBF. I've said it enough times, and you can find a full list of events. All right. Cool. Yeah. Let's get into uh, the topic, I guess. Let's do this. Do the topic. We're not that drunk. We're not that drunk. Lies. Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> the last two episodes, we have been that dirt. No, we re- we require a new a new intro for this. There's a bunch of stuff I want to look up now. And I, I, for the beer science, I kind of want to just grab that Gorpiklani clip from their song called Beer Beer. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking of weird science, but instead. Oh, beer science. science? Oh, but then uh, that's it requires a lot more I have to get up in the middle of my session. I apologize. Because I've got to go Let's run to the tour and meet the man that brings that wine. Sure. Brittany, edit this in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's start talking about the Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. It was established in 1979 by home brewers Ken Grossman and Paul Camusi. Camusi? Camusi? You're on your own. Yeah. Uh, in Chico, California, United States. Along with uh, with this brewery's location, Grossman claims the company's name comes from his love of hiking the mountains of this of the Sierra Nevada. Uh, Sierra Nevada Brewing is one of the top breweries operating in the United States. As of 2016, is the seventh largest brewing company in the United States. Hmm. It, the brewery produced 786,000 barrels in 2010. The brewery was named Green. three quarters of a million. That's crazy. Yeah. Brewery was named Green Business of the Year by the US EPA uh, in 2010 for its practices in sustainability. Uh, the company has more than 4.2 million ratings on a tap of 937 beers, with an overall rating of 3.7 out of 5. <laughs> uh, it's not that bad for that many ratings. Uh, no. Average rating on Beer Advocate is uh, 389. Uh, 3.89 out of 5. And if this was rate beer, uh, it would either be uh, 1 billion percent or negative <laughs> or 4, depending on, depend, yeah, depending on how much uh, AB InBev is upset that day. Yeah. That's why I wanted <laughs> to grab the, uh, the other two sources that we have. But, um, and unfortunately, a lot of this information is coming from the wiki, but it was it was very helpful information. Their website was kind of just... It's a nice website, but as far as the about section, it's more, it seems more fluff. Like, not. <laughs> it's a nice website, but I wouldn't want to live there. Kind of. Um, not for the about section, anyway. Because it was just, I don't know. It, it, it wasn't as, as straightforward with the facts as I would have liked. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of the history part, with $50,000 in loans from his friends and family. Oh, yeah, just a mere 50000 <laughs> That's yeah. a lot of. It's either a lot of friends and family or some rich friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Grossman and Kamusi uh, rented a 3,000-square-foot warehouse and pieced together uh, discarded dairy equipment and scrapyard metal to create their brewing equipment. They were la- later able to acquire secondhand copper brewing kettles from Germany before moving to their larger current bre- brewing facility in 1989. The first batch was brewed on the premises uh, was its pale ale in November uh, 1980. Following year, the brewery introduced uh, the Celebration IPA. Celebrate good times, come on! 
sorry, uh, which continues to release as its winter seasonal. Uh, the company sold 950 barrels of beer in its first year and doubled that amount in the second year. Uh, the company, them. not too bad. Yeah, it was like you know, 100% improvement over a year. Could be worse. Uh, company's first employee was Steve Harrison, who was put in charge of marketing and sales. The head brewer is Steve Dressel, Dressler. Doing a Dressler. Yep. Uh, who has been with the brewery since 1983 when its output was 25 to 30 barrels per week. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like nothing now. Wow. Uh, they distributed the... Just, just for comparison's sake, a 15-barrel brewery is like a microbrewery nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I going to say. Is that al- That's almost in homebrew territory. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very close. Like, I do a half a barrel a week, so that that's pretty close. I'm sorry, half a bar- half a barrel a day is my easy mode. Wow. <laughs> Just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Barrel's done. Moving on. <laughs> uh, they distributed the beer itself in the early 1980s, uh, struggling with the financial marketing problems. Uh, in 1982, an article in the San Francisco Chronicle highlighted the brewery, as well as having its beer sold in the prominent restaurants uh, such as Berkeley's Chez Panze. Panis. Panis. I just wonder if I'm wondering if I have to pronounce the E or not because, right, Fr- right. because French occasionally says, I don't care. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm French. <laughs> okay, I'm French. Allow me to see as I make this child smoke a cigarette. <laughs> uh, helped establish, uh, anyway, those st- helped establish the market of Sierra Nevada's beer. Yeah, Chez Panisse uh, in Berkeley, uh, known for his inspiration for the style of cooking known as California cuisine. So it's whenever you hear California cuisine, it started there. So putting um, pineapple on California cuisine, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. You just put pineapple and, and on assuming, it. I was going to say, and I'm assuming, like, I don't know, fish tacos? Pineapple know. and salmon. You just put salmon or pineapple on it, call it California, you're done. <laughs> it's I don't know. I, I would say they probably started the kale movement or something say, along those lines. Kale. They're monsters then. They, <laughs> they are. The of, they're the Hitler of food. <laughs> they're the Hitler of flavor. Uh, it's near, near UC Berkeley, so think of hippie food, and that's probably where you would, mm. you would go. Mm. All right. By 1987, the brewery was distributing to seven states and production had reached 12,000 barrels per year, causing the company to pursue building a new brewery. In 1990- they, they did it for me. That was the year I was born. They went, you know what? We're going to need to make some beer for this guy. When 1987 started, I was like one month old. So, yeah, like this is. They, they looked they've been down. Along they, were like, they went, these two guys are going to need to drink a lot. I was already two. They <laughs> yeah, knew. I, was, I was two years old. In 1988, oh. they moved into a like 100. <laughs> they moved into a 100 barrel brew house with four open fermenters and 11 200 barrel secondary fermenters. A year later, Grossman and Camusi did we we discuss? Yeah, I think this? yeah, that's probably wrong. We, but we're going the, with the it. pronunciation in that. I think phonetically is follow your heart. Okay, Camusi <laughs> added the Sierra Nevada tap room and restaurant, which serves lunch and dinner, and included a gift shop. <laughs> In 2000, <laughs> the brewery opened The Big Room, a live music venue located inside the brewery's facilities, featuring a variety of acts, including country, bluegrass, folk, rock, blues, and other genres. Kabusi retired in 98 and sold his share of the company to Grossman. Sad. Uh, in 2010, Gross, uh, Sierra, Nevada, Sierra Nevada Brewing partnered with The Abbey, 
of new Clairvaux. Clairvaux. There's an X there. I know how to pronounce that. You just don't. You just don't. With the monastery being beginning production of Trappist-style beers in 2011, the Abbey has not been sanctioned by the International Trappist Association, and therefore the monastery will not be brewing official Trappist beer. Many Trappists died breaking down that deal. For its 30th anniversary in 2010, the company released a series of collaborative beers with the assistance of of those Grossman considered an early influence on his brewing. Oh, dear. Charlie, Charlie Papazian, Papazian, Fred Eckhart, Fritz Maytag, and oh, Jack McAuliffe. Say one name I knew in there. Yeah, Fritz was, Maytag. Yay! <laughs> you may remember from our Anchor Brewing episode. Go check so out that. So Charlie, Charlie P. is from the American Homebrewers Association. Oh. Um, Eckhart is, oh, there's another big father brewery. of Aaron Eckhart, who we mentioned earlier in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're an advocate, uh, wrote a bunch of beer journalists, oh, essential okay. styles okay. of beer. So big in the like beer styles. Well, okay. And the last guy says is from new Albion in November of 2010, uh, Stansberry publishing released hops and dreams. The story of Sierra Nevada brewing company. And we're uh, currently waiting for Disney to buy the movie rights. Right. Uh, uh, no, written, no, they're fired. Whoever Ke- titled that is fired. <laughs> written by California State University uh, Chico professor Rob Burton, who researched. You got tenure. Sorry. Yeah, who researched <laughs> the company for three years. In January of 2012, Sierra Nevada announced it would build a second brewing facility with an attached restaurant in Mills River, North Carolina. It opened in early 2014. Uh, in 2013, the company opened the Torpedo Room in Berkeley, their first tasting room outside of Chico. I was looking so, that place up, and it looks pretty cool. So, so when they make when they make the movie, Hops and Dreams, is the, they're have they going to be inspired uh, in the middle of like you know whatever their mundane lives is, and you just hear someone go, "If you brew it, they will come." <laughs> That's a I requirement, that, isn't it? I want that to be how it goes. But the new facility (laughs) in North Carolina, from what I've heard, because when the whole Wicked Weed stink hit, Mm. they were like, locals don't care. Locals weren't going to Wicked Weed as it was. That They were just like flat out, no, locals don't go to Wicked Weed. You want to know where the locals go? Locals have been hanging out at Sierra Nevada ever since they opened up. Mm. So they've got french fries fried in duck fat. Oh, yes, yes. It's as delicious as it sounds. They're... Uh, tour of the brewery is booked up at least a month and a half in advance. Oh, that's just like New Belgium, though, was. Yeah, New Belgium, I, we booked two months before we went. I came back from some trip. I, I don't know where I was, but I looked ahead. It was over two months mm. before I could get a an experience in their brewery. Yeah. That's the most right. delicious food. Some of the best, like, experimental beers are right there. I don't think they do a whole lot of sours. I didn't see any sours in their brewery. Um, I understand why, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, some good beers. All right. Uh, Next, kind of going into the sustainability effort, which we kind of briefly mentioned at the top. Um, The brewery is powered by solar energy, having 10,000 photovoltaic modules covering its rooftop and parking lot. In all, the brewery uses 2.6 megawatts of solar electricity on premises. It also it has... Like, like 1.21 gigawatts, but continue. Uh, it also has a uh, has built a charging station for electric vehicles on the premises. 
Um, the company uses a small-scale bioprobe biodiesel processor to convert the used cooking oil from its restaurant for biodiesel uh, use in its delivery trucks. In 2009, it reached an agreement with a local ethanol company to produce high-grade ethanol fuel from its discarded yeast. Spent grain is sold to local cattle ranchers for livestock feed. Uh, spent water is sent to the brewery's own water treatment plant, where it's reused mainly as drip irrigation for its fields. And over 99.5% of the brewery plant's solid waste is diverted from landfill. That's kind of nuts. <laughs> like, that's just nuts. Um, and awesome. Uh, the company owns one mile of railway for use in uh, intermodal freight transport, which aids in reducing the brewery's carbon footprint. Each rail can hold the equivalent of four semi-trailers of grain. Uh, rail transport is more fuel efficient than road transport. Sierra Nevada is the largest buyer of organic hops in the United States. It also farms its own organic hops and barley for use in its annual Chico Estate Harvest Ale release, which I don't think we've had that. Uh, I think you gotta have you have to go there to get it. Oh, probably that makes sense. Anything good, you have to be there for it. Yeah, I'd yeah, love to visit there. Though. A lot of amazing. those the harvest ales, you have to be there literally when it's being harvested. That's why when we were at Rogue's Public House yeah. in Portland, he said, hey, you should probably stop by the farm. It's harvest. Because they would have <laughs> True. fresh, insanely fresh, like day before beers. But so, oh. yeah, so Sierra Nevada is probably like the most with the sustainability effort and, and or like the highest on the list. With I think New Belgium's probably close behind, though, um, after that episode we did on them discovering all that stuff. So good job on them. Yeah. Indeedly. So, Indeedly. Casey, why don't you tell us a little bit of the uh, what Fritz Maytag pretty much inspired so, to do with Sierra Nevada. So, Brew Your Own Magazine did a little bit of a, um, a, a little segment on this, talking about the torpedo. And the torpedo is really big to Sierra Nevada. They're kind of the group that, that started this idea. They started this whole thought process of maybe we just don't brew beer the way it's been done for the past 30 years maybe a little science and technology can be sorry 300 years maybe a little science and technology can be put in there and uh actually increase maybe maybe we can we can fire some sort of torpedo into the (laughs) dark exposed uh exhaust panel (laughs) of this this ab imbev uh ab imbev uh 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 uh, space station can we we just do that when did star wars uh, episode one come out. Maybe they, were, maybe they were thinking about this in 77. So Sierra Nevada's Hop Torpedo, which is a device that the brewery designed for dry hopping beer. So we talk about all the different stages of hops. We talk about wet hopping, which is basically when you um, bring beer in contact with uh, hot beer or hot, uh, actually hot wort, not even hot beer, into contact with hops. Um, you're going to pull out a little bit of the bitterness and you're going to pull out the flavor of the hops. Now, the later you do it into the process, the more flavor you'll get and the less bitterness. If you bring cool beer or cold beer into contact with hops, you'll find that that's called dry hopping. Now, the torpedoes that they've got... Instead of dry hopping, it was called cool runnings. Cool (laughs) runnings. Uh, These new torpedoes, or new at the time, torpedoes, uh, would hold about 150 gallons of beer and or up to 80 pounds of whole cone hops. 
So if you know what one ounce, a single ounce of whole cone hops looks like, it's probably the equivalent of like a five inch by five inch by five inch, maybe a little bit less, maybe four by four by four inch uh, cube. So there's a lot of hops. Um, and you've got to multiply that by 16 to get a pound and then multiply that by 80 to see what would fit inside of one of these uh, torpedoes. Now, you would take the beer and you would put it in either on the top or probably probably the top. You could put it in the bottom, too, of the torpedo, and you would circulate it through. And you would circulate an entire, like, maybe a, a 15 or a 30-barrel um, container of these of beer through this one dry-hopping uh, container, a torpedo for days and you could do it through one two three four days and ensure that all the desired oils that are in the hops are extracted into the beer you want to make sure first off that the beer is uh you you haven't got any oxygen in the beer because if you put oxygen into this beer it's going to oxidize it's going to taste like cardboard it's going to have an off flavor to it so you flush those uh hops with co2 to make sure that there's no oxygen in the beer then the brewery's torpedo will start circulating all that through now the first beer that um really they they mass marketed they brought out was called the extra ipa the torpedo extra ipa sierra nevada's torpedo is uh the one that you're going to find on most shelves nowadays it's probably their second maybe third best-selling beer um next to the uh, what is it the the, the sierra nevada pale ale yeah i was gonna say they're standard their regular pale ale is their 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 bread and butter yeah. So it's named for the device. It's hopped with these whole cone hops, which according to this is a mix of crystal and magnum and a new variety at the time of hops called Citra. So now we use Citra a lot more often, but uh, Citra at the time was new whenever they first started making this. So here's what goes on. You've got a small tank that contains hops, hops, and hops. Uh, up hops, to 80, hops and more hops. Yeah, <laughs> up to 80 pounds of hops per vessel, uh, 36 kilograms. And so the vessel holds 150 gallons. It will contain all that beer, all those hops, and it'll push beer through it. Then the beer is pushed back into the main tank, and you begin that circulation process all over. So mm -hmm. after that, the beer is held at fermentation temperature, about 60 degrees, 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and it's carbonated, may still have some yeast in suspension. And depending on uh, the beer that's there, it may pass through even two torpedoes before it um, makes it into the final beer, uh, makes it into that final tank. Now, you're going to find that it will push between 100 and 400 barrels worth of beer through these 150-gallon uh, tanks. Um, with 80 pounds of hops, so you get you get a pretty good amount of hop flavor built into that beer. They're going to push a lot of hop flavor, a lot of hop uh, aroma into the beer before it even gets to the torpedo. But the torpedo kind of like amps up everything that's in there. Now, after it, it returns to the main tank, you kind of get it mixed back in. The circulation continues at a rate of about three gallons per minute, or 11 liters per minute for about four days in total, at which point the beer is chilled down. Uh, prior to circulation, like I said, the beer is flushed with uh, the, the whole loop. So even the tubing is flushed with carbon dioxide to minimize the amount of oxygen that's coming into contact with. It's a pretty intense process. Yeah. Also, um, yeah. I, do have to, I do have to say while I was going through that, my the, the person that brought up the 
um, the room the service, wine. the room service wine had such a weird expression on her face whenever she was leaving. She was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was such Didn't a weird mean look. To. What is this? Is this like something for business? No, <laughs> no not at all. This is, this is all pleasure. Oh, and now pleasure. I have four Pinot Noirs sitting in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> like a substantial amount of Pinot Noir? Or yes. Like a, like a bottle of Pinot Noir. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Because we wanted you to not forget. You told them extra hypnol, right? <laughs> extra hypnol. I don't remember mm. tonight. No, yeah. I love the pictures. Whenever I find the picture of the torpedoes, I couldn't find it. I've seen the one before of like a room full of them, which was pretty impressive. But as the guy's upending see- a giant trash can full of hops into the torpedo. Yeah, you can see uh, whenever you go to the Sierra Nevada breweries, you can see their torpedoes. They are pretty proud of them. Um, they do these open containers a lot of times where you can uh, see where the beer's fermenting. And then near those, you'll find the torpedoes where they, they do usually clean beer. They don't put uh, dirty beer through there. Well, I say dirty beer, but like, you know, beer that's not dirty Belgian beer. style. Dirty, dirty, dirty. <laughs> dirty beer. You're so dirty. So. Okay. Anybody have anything left on uh, Sierra Nevada? Well, as I a just. Whole? I love how, on the whole, they really kept, and how they bring up Fritz Maytag, they just kept that whole innovation idea that Fritz had with, we're going to make do with what we have, when they took old dairy equipment and converted it to brew their beer. Yeah. And they're still doing that to this day. They're still just finding crap and being like, hey, how can we use this? (laughs) Now it's called, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, The whole process is called Frankenbrew. Yeah. And there's, there's many books out there that are written on Frankenbrew, but infection even, bad. <laughs> you you kind of see this this West Coast East Coast war back and forth. I don't want to call it war because it's it's very peaceful. No, but no, you it's, see it's, this it's West Coast. We got we got Biggie on one side, and we got Tupac <laughs> on the other. People are gonna die. Uh, yeah, you got the West Coast side that's doing all this. Oh, we've got all this old equipment that we're going to put together, and and we're going to weld together the stainless steel so it's all sanitary and everything. And then on the East Coast side, you've got Sam Calagione who's getting like his like hockey table or foosball table together that <laughs> vibrates and putting it on the edge so he can continuously <laughs> hop this ninety minute idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's the kind of thing. Like, that's whatever, great. man. I gotta make the beer. And he's chewing yeah, up it's... random corn and crap and <laughs> having his whole staff do it and spitting it into buckets. He's like, no, we're oh, brewing God. weird beer. We said we weren't talking about this. <laughs> so how do you put in as many hops as possible. Well, yeah, you use these different methods and torpedo for the West Coast for Sierra Nevada and uh, hockey table for the East Coast. Yeah, I mean, whatever works. <laughs> or uh, or you just chew it up and spit it in. I will kill you. <laughs> Stop. All right. So, yeah, that's... this this Pinot Noir is very dry, very uh, tannin esque. Yeah. Yeah, well, I need before, some sugar in this. Before we get into what we're drinking, I think we actually have some feedback. We got one! Oh, I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to attribute this feedback to my call for feedback in this last episode. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know we're what? We're making a call for feedback you at all. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, so this one is an email. Uh, it says, Hi, Had Crew. Happy 50th! With bourbon being one of my favorite spirits, I really enjoyed the episode, as I also enjoyed my taste of my go-to Maker's Mark. 
The history and the list of brands were interesting to hear, and I'll be keeping the suggestions in mind when it comes to find time eh, when it comes time to find a new bottle. Uh, topics and discussion like this keep the show interesting, and it sets it apart from yet another beer show. Keep up yeah. the good work, Brian from Denver. Who we will see, who we we will see at Nerdtacular. Brian, we'll see you uh, at Nerdtacular. Nice. It's gonna be great. I, me and Casey will get to meet Brian for the first time, and he will get to tell me how he can, everything <laughs> I think about that Avery, that one Avery beer yeah. that he I can't can pronounce. Shove the, the whole can. Yeah, the in your uh, mouth. passion fruit beer. Yeah. It, now, in fairness, I've gone back. I've tried it again. I have I've, I have enjoyed it. I just wasn't prepared for the flavor I got that first time. Yeah, because you don't you think you you see passion fruit saw, and you get I pineapple. Wit, I saw a wit beer and was expecting one thing. I drank it and was like, that was not what I was prepared for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Lily Koi. Yeah. Um, yeah. So whenever we look at Maker's Mark, personally, um, I like Maker's. It's my oh. best like. Mixing bourbon. That is an when, amazing go-to bourbon for me. Yeah. Whenever I do bourbon and Coke, that's my go-to. Hmm. Um, whenever I drink bourbon straight, it's probably not my go-to. Yeah. Uh, I can do the like single barrel maker's mark. That's pretty good. If you can get that at where you are, uh, I think it's single barrel, whatever. It's like 120 proof. Um, it's delicious stuff. Um, what do they call it? Oh, crap. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I know what or you're cask, talking. Cask select or something oh, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they came with a special name for it. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Love Maker's Mark. Uh, still, a slight preference to Buffalo Trace around this household when it comes <laughs> to uh, go tos, but Maker's Mark is not a bad choice. I would say I've not found bourbon I don't enjoy, but you know, <laughs> then I found bourbon I didn't enjoy. Yeah, there's no point. It tastes like peanuts. Um, <laughs> All right, we uh, had not one but two. Two, count them two. We didn't just get one; we got two. Uh, it's a feedback. Yeah, this one is from Twitter, and it's from uh, Craft Beer Joe. It says, "If uh, if you do a show on the Whiskey Rebellion, you have to get some beer of the same name from Warped Wing." That's fine. Uh, that sounds good. Although, if I'm doing a Whiskey Rebellion episode, part of me kind of wants to have whiskey. Well, well, and we may do a combined episode. Yeah, that was the idea we were floating at the time that I think he's commenting on is we were talking about doing a Rebellions episode because you have the Rum Rebellion, the Whiskey Rebellion. I'm sure we can find more of them. I mean, what if we all did a different different drink for all the Rebellions? How about we just mix them all? Ugh. No. Come on. One bucket. Uh, uh, a King's Cup. I've, I've <laughs> done a King's Cup before. I've lost that game. It was not <laughs> enjoyable. Oh, uh, no. Uh, I have yet to see it hanging around, Joe. Uh, I know you get a hold of a lot of their stuff. I've seen you check into a bunch of it. They do have, so they have they have a beer called the Whiskey Rebellion. Very mm, nice can, sound by the cool. way. It does sound cool. I kind of want it, but that's I haven't a, seen it before. That's great um, can art. Um, so for those wondering, you know what? It just says Ohio. Where are they I think they're Ohio? out of Columbus. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, that would be interesting to try to get our hands on to, to get into that. That'd be nice. We definitely will. I am definitely looking into getting that. <laughs> yeah. That's that's for sure. Since that is within our grasp. All right. Well, I think we've teased it long enough, and Casey's already blurted out half of what he's been. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into what we're drinking. Drink with me, friend. Indeed. Uh, okay. So. Um, we were trying to theme it to the episode. We just grabbed a couple of bottles of uh, Sierra Nevada. For once, I'm not the only one on this lonely, lonely road of theming. Yeah, I mean, well, this I'm one... to theme. 
This oh, one's a Christmas great. miracle. <laughs> this one warranted it because I, I was like, no, I'm I'm not against just grabbing a random Sierra Nevada bottle. It, they've gotten on that list for me that we've been talking about you for a while. You hear me? I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I had to make a split decision because somebody was already at the store and sending me pictures like, what do you want? I was um, at Jungle Gems. What was, do you want? Tell me. I was at Jungle Gems and I wasn't driving back up there. So I had to know that second. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so I got this Sierra Nevada Hop Hunter IPA. Um, 6.2% ABV and it's 60 IBUs. And then the description is um, Hop Hunter IPA harnesses the complex flavors of just picked hops through an all new method of steam distilling wet hops before they even leave the fields. This revolutionary technique captures and intensifies the natural flavors, creating a unique and intensely aromatic beer. Our custom process gathers pure hop oil, which, when combined with traditional whole cone hops in the brew kettle, makes for an incredible IPA experience. And they're not actually wrong. Um, they're at it again. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I just I gave it a three seven five on Untapped. Um, definitely would drink again. Uh, it's just a really good IPA, honestly. Um, I didn't see this as much before. I don't think either. Is it? Is it out year round? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I haven't. I don't remember seeing this before. But it's really good. Um, I would recommend it. Yeah, but I'm already on to a second beer now because I, I definitely finished that earlier on. <laughs> hmm. um, but it wasn't, and it wasn't super. Uh, it wasn't super bitter, like a like that off-putting kind of taste that can sometimes happen when you just go overboard on the hops. And the hop oil thing, there is kind of a different mouthfeel to it, which is weird. I don't know if that's uh, intentional, but um, but yeah, the taste, like everything about it, was pretty great, and it was a nice, a really nice color. Um, a lot of good, a lot of clarity in that one too. But yeah, that one's really good. Um, I decided to go a little bit traditional. Actually, I had I've had two different Sierra Nevada beers during this episode. Ooh, uh, <laughs> double dipping into theme. Well, I mean, you you matched theme, so I had to I had to double down to prove my superiority. Huh. Right, All right. And I'm just gonna just generally mention the first one, which was was just the uh, summer fist summer fest crisp lager. I wanted to be summer fist. <laughs> summer fist. Summer fist. Uh, well, the summer no, fest no, was really summer... good. We tried that last year. Yeah, <laughs> loved it. Uh, it. No, it was it was really good. Uh, but what I went for for uh, the rest of the episode and for the main part of the episode is. Uh, torpedo mm. i felt someone had to have it and also just seemed right it was like i'm doing zero nevada i better grab just some, some torpedo right um yeah uh it's their extra ipa whatever you know however they want to call it that's what they say it is uh it's a 7.2 percent uh abv 65 ibus uh beer advocate score of 92 hmm. oh yeah i forgot to give my my beer advocate score on the hop hunter was 90 so beat you by two. <laughs> yeah, beer advocate, not rape beer. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> uh, and the brewery description says, Sierra Nevada and hops go hand in hand. What began as a crazy idea, scribbled in some pub, eventually became the, our newest year-round hop bomb, Torpedo Extra IPA. The first beer to feature our hop torpedo, revolutionary dry hopping device that controls how much hop aroma is imparted into the beer without adding additional bitterness. The Hop Torpedo Extra IPA is an aggressive yet balanced beer with massive hop aroma of citrus, pine, and tropical fruit. Mm. You're a tropical fruit. You know, <laughs> Thank you. this episode like alone 
kind of is funny if you compare it to like our first two episodes of the show like the sierra nevada episode of all things is like this is how far we've come with ipas Bro, no. i know <laughs> like this is me like doing this going like man this ipa is delicious like, and i'm like yeah. who am i who have i become yep. when a scant what year ago years. year ago two yeah. years a year and a half a year and a half year and a half yeah, a uh, little bit less actually. It's almost two because we were we were in the planning stages and we're about to start within a couple months. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, almost two years ago, coming Ooh. up on the two year anniversary. But yeah, that was, and none of us were for IPAs. We were just like, no, no, I don't like. And now we're like, yeah, bring double, triple Imperial, give it to me. Yeah, double that Imperial IPA, and then yeah, girl, double yeah. it again. It's like the uh, the Dan Bull song, the the. The anthem of the PC Master Race, the oh. Oculus Rift part. My oh, Oculus it... Rift wears an Oculus Rift on with an Oculus Rift on its Oculus Rift. That's how we <laughs> feel about hops now. <laughs> uh, but no, this has actually been it's been really good. It's it's been delicious. I I do get like some of that little bit of tropical tropical fruit thing on the end. It's not overly bitter, but it has that that great great hop flavor into it when you're you're drinking from it. It, it just my mouth just you know blows up going this is delicious put more in there and i've been trying to calm down the whole episode from not drinking the entire thing i'd have been done before we got into the topic if i had just let myself go yeah no i understand that well you had more control than me because <laughs> we're already on the second one. i slammed i'm down all my beers <laughs> so <laughs> that just naturally came sorry uh my beer was hoptimum 2017 from sierra nevada Guess what? I drink to style. Yeah. Uh, it's a triple IPA. It's a Christmas miracle. Chris drank to style. I know, right? It's a summer solstice miracle. When we did the bourbon episode, I talked with her, and just to, considering sticking it in everyone's face, I was like, no, I'm just going to drink vodka. <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs> but I couldn't bring myself to do it. No. Uh, it's a triple IPA, 9.6% ABV, still only 65 IBUs, so ranking right there with the Torpedo. Uh, beer advocate score of 92. So, again, right with a torpedo. Uh, the brewer's description is our breweries, Our brewers selected the finest, most, most flavorful hops, pushed them beyond their limits, and forged them into this all-new triple IPA. This reimagined Hoptimum is our hoppiest beer yet, providing a blend of tropical and citrus hop aroma that delivers a refined yet aggressive character. So when I hear that description, I'm just picturing them brewing this beer like they uh, like they forged the sword at the beginning of Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, if that sword was just made of hops, because that is right. They they aren't kidding. Like this is just a <laughs> bunch of hops that someone just like pushed into a bottle one at a time. Like it is like chewing on hop cones, and I couldn't be more pleased. <laughs> it is nice. so fantastic. Like. It, it has all the subtle citrus and subtle piney uh, kind of almost resiny notes. It's fan-freaking-tastic, and I was super pumped to find it in singles and not just six-packs. Mm. Mm, yeah. Casey? Nice. So, uh, no beer. Yeah. Because <laughs> someone thought it was the bourbon episode again. It was the bourbon, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I was ready to do this all over again. Um, so I had the off-brand with uh, bourbon and Coke with a <laughs> Jack Daniels and Pepsi. Sure, Jack Daniels. 
And then so once he had I, a whiskey and Pepsi. That's fine. Yeah, he, had yeah. and Pepsi. he had a Tennessee whiskey and Pepsi. And then once I got done with that, I ended up with uh, calling room service and having them deliver up some a stack, a stack literally of Pinot Noir, uh, <laughs> XO comma G, uh, Pinot Noir, and... XO Man of War. <laughs> Sorry, wrong show. <laughs> it's in like these little tiny balls, and so. They, they brought them up, thankfully. That's what and she said. Actually, no, you're... Never mind. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm drinking all the balls. Right. Hmm. No, that's but what yeah. she said. It doesn't work exactly. That's why I stopped. <laughs> so moving on. Um, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Find our show, that the video show, that happens every off week. And follow us at Have a Drink Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please rate the show on iTunes and help spread the word. And don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback like uh, 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 Craft Beer Joe and uh, Brian from Denver did today. Uh, and you can use the uh, email address feedback or ha- at feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Not feedback or haveadrinkshow.com. That's a different thing. <laughs> feedback mm. at haveadrinkshow. Stickers are DIF. Uh, or just tweet at us like uh, Tyler did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you do it while we're recording, we'll talk about it. Uh, but no, <laughs> we always get really excited when we get some feedback. So it, Oh, it's... yeah. Love to hear it, guys. Yeah, uh, all joking and fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Know your limits. Yada, yada, yada. You're all sick of hearing me hear it, but hear it. Hear me say it. I'm going to keep saying it, though, because I want you all to hear it. Don't drink, text, and drive. <laughs> all right. Um, so check us out in another couple of weeks for the next audio episode and in just a few days for the next video stream. Once again, (laughs) I am Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm not drunk. (laughs) I I swear he's not drunk. (laughs) See you guys. See you all at Nerdtacular. Yes. Woo! Woo!